Hey, thanks for tuning in to the Bethlehem Church Podcast, where our goal is to offer you compelling biblical content to equip you to live an empowered Christian life. Each week, you'll hear a message from our lead pastor, Matt Robinson, or another member of the Bethlehem team. We also host a conversation every week where we unpack different facets of Sunday's message. We're so excited about this conversation, and we hope it's a blessing to you. Let's jump in. Well, hey there. I'm Pastor Cody. <laughs> and I'm Pastor Matt. And we're here to have one of our uh, conversations, yeah, those things man. that we have every Let's now and it. again. Why is there like so much space between us today? You know, I just don't want to get you sick. Oh, yeah, dude. Are you sick? I don't know. My ears are just popping. You got it coming it on. It feels like on. I went swimming. Yeah, it's coming on. Yeah. It's He's got the vid. You heard it right here on the conversation first. I really hope I don't get it twice in a year. That would really stink. You know, I heard great news that like there's not even data of people that have had it getting it again. Like natural immunity. It's not breaking through. Well, that's nice. Yeah. It could be wrong, yeah. though. Who knows? I've heard a like, couple people say they think they've had it twice, but I think they're lying. Yeah, for sure. Because other people are like, I had COVID three years ago. <laughs> You know, like, <laughs> those yeah, are, those okay. are my, those are my favorite. Like, oh, so you got tested for it or for antibodies or anything? No, no but, I, but I know. No, I, I just, I just know. I know. And I used to, before I got it, I was like, yeah, I got pretty sick yeah, last maybe. year. And then I had it and I was like, oh no, no. <laughs> I've it, never had this before. It's a totally different thing. <laughs> oh my it's, gosh. You just, COVID you, sucks. Yeah. When you know, you know, but. I digress. Yeah. If you say you had it two years ago, you didn't have it. <laughs> right. No way. China hadn't invented it yet. <laughs> um, <laughs> no. Anyway, back to our regularly scheduled programming. Yeah. Uh, we took a Shabbatical last week. I love that. And if you thought I misspelled that on our Facebook post, I did it on purpose. Yes, he did. It wasn't a spelling error. We even talked about it. We talked about <laughs> it. He was like, oh, you should totally post that. I wonder if people get our humor. No, no, I don't think don't. anybody, nobody <laughs> liked that or saw it. And no, uh, I did. Yeah, you did. I laughed at it. I literally <laughs> laughed at it. So one of the co-conspirators behind it liked it. <laughs> if it was just you and me on Facebook, we'd be all right. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to Jose for uh, telling Him me. Him too. I, Him yeah. too. Like Jose would definitely be in our circle of humor for sure. Oh yeah. my gosh. Me and the uh, prosecutor for the... The Kyle Rittenhouse trial took the same gun safety course. That's why me and him are concerned about you even applying for your permit. I haven't applied yet. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> we, we feel like you need another gun safety course. I should. Eric, you heard it here first. Yeah, Eric, if Go you're listening from your synagogue, <laughs> we're, we uh, need you to give me a gun safety training course. That was course. really funny. And Eric would laugh at that, by yeah, the way. He would. He would. He's, uh, uh, he's got a sense of humor. But anyway, so we're here today. We're talking uh, about your message, Fools. Uh, but Ooh. it sounds like yeah, we're going to be talking a lot about friendships today. Yes, we are. Yep. Friendships. So it's going to be good. Well, let's not hesitate. Let's jump in. All right. Yeah. So this is uh, this is week five of yeah, our reconciliation series that you've been doing in Second Corinthians. And I think it's been really cool. Sweet. Um, it's been, man, we got one more week and then y'all got to listen to me. So it's going to be great. Yeah, man. Um, Shuck the corn. Shucking it. Sorry, carcasses. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, um, so moving through this, though, you've been tracing this theme of reconciliation yeah. through the book of Second Corinthians, which has been, it, I feel like it's been a hybrid of topical preaching and expositional preaching, yeah. like together. Those two had a baby. Yeah. So, it's well, been cool. I was talking to a, my brother-in-law about it, and he's like, he, he's like, Mark Dever, you'd heard him 
talk about expositional preaching. He's like, I can give an expositional sermon on Romans in an hour. You know what I mean? Like yeah. The whole book. So it's, it's, I think that it is definitely not necessarily digging in verse by verse, you know, but just giving the overall context of the book and, and what Paul is trying to get at. And so yes. I think it's been very helpful for me. You know, it's been refreshing to take this topic and continue to kind of weave it into each week uh, and hit the passage from that angle. And, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, I think it's resonated. I think people have been like, okay, yeah, we can get down with this. We can track with that. And yeah, I think so. It's it's helpful to kind of, because some weeks, you know, you're in and out of certain topics and he comes back into it. And then, you know, he comes back into it in three chapters later. And when you're preaching just kind of linearly through that, you know, you hit it several times, which is okay. Yeah. Um, but this, we've kind of raised those things out of the text and we're hitting them. Hitting them all at once. Giving instead them, of going piece by piece, chapter by chapter. Yeah. Giving them a, um, you know, a week and, you know, kind of like just intertwining it together. But I, I've really enjoyed this. And I think I'm going to continue it like this for a little while. For sure. Yeah. I think that'll be good. And I think that we... Because there's so much, even if you go verse by verse, quote unquote, right? Quote unquote. Like there's so much that is missed because even if you're going verse by verse, like you still, a sermon still has to be one cohesive thought. Yeah. And each chapter and chunk of verses is going to have multiple themes and multiple things that the narrator or the writer wants to talk about. Mm -hmm. And it's just neat to be able to extrapolate those by themselves and not have to rehearse them multiple times throughout you know, your study through a book. Yeah. And I think that we have just talked it all at once. Yeah. We've talked about the book at length and I think people know where it fits into the historical setting of the church, where the mm-hmm. narrative uh, is, is coming in and you know, what Paul is trying to say. And, you know, I, I feel like it's been, it's been helpful for me. I know that I've grown through this study and, you know, there are relationships that man, the Holy Spirit speaking to me about as far as reconciliation and areas of my life, like it's really good and it's been, it's been helpful all around. It's cool. Yeah, man. What was one thing I wanted to say here? I'm trying to think about it. Um, oh, I was going to say, I, I so I listened to your message this morning, actually. Oh, okay. And um, I <laughs> I wanted to see, I guess, maybe where where your thought process was as far as like, so the title is Fools. Yeah. But it's kind of, and I'm like, which I think for me where it ties in conceptually as you think about the fool from Proverbs, but all of those situations that are tied to the full are mm. a lot of them are relational. So friendships and relationships are obviously yeah. a big thing and having bad relationships and friendships would hence make you a fool. So, yeah. but so where I, I just want to kind of figure out where you're bridging that in your mind. So if not that it doesn't make sense, of course, oh, no. I'm just like, curious. and I think that it was like the, the sermon was, you know, hybrid of false teachers and relationships, right? Because mm-hmm. we all entertain, uh, friendships and relationships that have a negative impact on us. So that's kind of where the dovetail comes in. Right. Um, but the title specifically came from verse 16 in chapter 11. And Paul says this, I repeat, let no one consider me a fool. But mm-hmm. if you do, at least accept me as a fool so that I can also boast a little. And I think what he is really getting at is like, at least be fair. If you're going to entertain and have a super apostle, in other words, a false apostle, <laughs> super apostle, right, control you and give you the narrative that you think is true, at least give me the stage to boast like they boast, which is essentially, if you think about it, our relationships that are foolish, those false teachers, those uh, videos that we watch, those preachers that we give ear to, um, many times we initially give them airtime in our life mm-hmm. because of boasting because of braggadocious behavior, right? That leads because us to the thinking they have something done. to offer. Right. And Paul is like, I specifically didn't do that. 
Right. I specifically shut that off, you know? Yeah. If so. Paul was alive today, he would probably have like 10 Instagram followers. I don't and know. Be like, listen, well, <laughs> you know. Maybe he would say, okay, I'm going to play the game. Right. Which is kind of what he's saying there. Mm-hmm. Okay, if I'm a fool to you, at least give me some airtime to tell you my testimony. And right. He, and he does it, right? He yeah. had already said to us in the tail end of, of chapter 11, and we used it last week. Uh, for our talk on suffering, for fatigue. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, it was the week before. The week before or last week, I can't remember. But, um, you know, Paul actually does say, hey, I'm not doing this for uh, for the sake of, of pride. And he even he even tells us that he was caught up into the whatever, the third the heaven. The third heaven, yep. You know what I mean? So he has this, like, this dream and this vision. Essentially, like, I, I mean, my opinion is that maybe one of those times when he was um, almost dead. You know that yeah, that's true. He, he could have had a near death experience. Yeah, mm-hmm. crossed over and, and NDE, as those people would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, had a moment with God, and you know the Lord wasn't done with him on on this side of eternity. So I think that for me, it's looking at this this idea of him and his like candor mm-hmm. and the way he frames the super apostles using that term, and then saying, "Hey, look, <laughs> Paul's like, listen, super spreaders." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it, it, don't consider me, let no one consider me a fool, but if you do, at least accept me as a fool so that I can also boast a little. Mm-hmm. So that's where the title came from. Makes total sense. Yeah, and, and that's like the tail end of the message. So the title is not like something that I'm like really interweaving throughout the whole thing. It's It was the, the bow on the end. Listen, it started with an F, it works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Every one of these messages on reconciliation start with an F. I don't really get that. Yeah. But anyway, and if you're if, if this is your first time listening and you don't quite know what we're doing here or what's going on, uh, if you haven't listened to that message, the link is in the description wherever you're listening or watching, and the sermon notes are as well from that message. Yeah. And if you don't, because we publish those. <laughs> and if you don't watch or listen, you're sorry, Carcass. You're a sorry <laughs> carcass, and you're dead to us because you're a carcass. No, we love each and every one of you. We're thankful for the three of you that listen, and yeah, we're so 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 grateful. But I said sorry carcass in the message, and it's like my independent Baptist roots coming out. But yeah, they always come out. Yeah, they do. It's pretty cool. Um, man, so what? Um, so so tell us. Uh, I guess maybe where your heart's at in this. Like, what did what was when you were re- what? This is funny. Tell us where your heart is. Tell us where your heart is. (laughs) Listen to your heart. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, you know, just... You ready to lead worship next week? No. That that was pretty good. (laughs) That was probably the best I've ever heard myself because I have headphones on and I can actually hear what I just did. (laughs) I can actually sing. Cody, Who knew? Cody just discovered himself right I here on the conversation. I just discovered myself live on air. This oh my is goodness. incredible. Um, right, we'll give you a song next week. Nah, I'm good. Anyway, <laughs> moving on to more productive conversation. Um, but I guess just w- when you were preparing and kind of musing through this and just this idea, like, what do you feel like are some practical, practical steps that we can take when dealing with relationships to, you know, in, in what you have going on here in this, in this part part five yeah i mean uh, i just kind of spell it out there's four points at the end of the message that i think are just extremely helpful and transparent for folks to really gauge and judge whether or not you're in healthy relationships and uh, i'm just trying to give you some you know some steps some first steps to get there and if you are kind of like just willy-nilly through through life with your relationships with your friendships with your time um, then chances are you've got some baggage. You have some things in there that are contributing 
um, to wasted space, wasted relational equity that you could be having with godly relationships in your life. And uh, Paul says, of course, like when you consider, uh, you know, the, 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 de- the deceptive nature of Satan and how he deceived Eve, you know, he comes as an angel of light. So, of course, these other super apostles, right? So, whether, it are, whether it's people that you're listening to trying to, to gain, you know, theological uh, perspective or whether it's friendships at work or relationships in your family, those relationships, those friendships, they are guiding you. They are uh, producing something within you. And so you have to see that and identify that. And if Satan can, he will take all your emotional and relational energy and he will hold it captive. He will keep that. And as long as you'll allow him, right, as long as you'll give those people uh, airtime in your life, he'll continue to monopolize you uh, in your relationships. Satan doesn't want you to have good godly relationships. He doesn't even care if they're bad. Right. right. He, do, he doesn't even care if you think, well, that's not a bad relationship. That's not the point. Right. If it's if it's not a relationship that's producing fruit in your life, then it's not what the Lord wants. And so we really have to be uh, careful and we have to redeem the time. Like Paul said in other passages of scripture that, you know, the days are evil. We have a mission. We have a purpose mm-hmm. um, in this thing. And it's the gospel. So I would just say, like, you know, analyze your relationships, analyze your friendships and um, make sure that, that they're balanced in such a way um, that are producing good things in your life. And if, if reconciliation is the goal, ultimately we are being reconciled to God. God is bringing us into his family, into his plan for our life. Uh, and, and, you know, the negative relationships that we entertain will keep us from that. Yeah, for sure. And I think that, and I say unfortunately, hesit- hesitantly, because it's just, you know, it's never the most fun thing. But I think that for a lot of new Christians, you start to notice as you grow and as you begin to live a more uh, Jesus slash gospel centered life, like naturally, like the natural process is that there is distance produced mm. between you and those relationships in, in your life that are just not producing spiritual fruit. Mm. And I think that that's, it's, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, it's just difficult to digest sometimes because we don't understand because we feel like that now that we've become a Christian, we, everything should be amazing and this Jesus coming out of us should be drawing people to us, but it actually pushes them away. A lot of the time when we're like, okay, am I doing something wrong? And maybe, maybe you are, maybe you're not. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. Um, you know, we have to leave room for that. But I think ultimately, like the gospel does push, you know, it creates distance. And we have to, I think, use wisdom to exercise when the gospel is creating distance and when we're just being, you know, irresponsible. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. It, it can definitely go both ways. And that's kind of what I think you're saying. Yeah, it is. It's both ways. And I think it takes, you know, a lot of discernment to kind of figure out, like, am I just being a jerk or weird? Or is my is my new life and goal of following Jesus actually just creating distance, you know? Yeah. So, okay. I think, too, like, there's a couple of things, like, at play there. Number one you know, the negative side of legalism, right? The negative side of people saying that they have to create distance in space, uh-huh. right? Because of the life that they think, you know, they're supposed to be living in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that becomes the thing, you know, the, the, the life when, whenever it's about something instead of someone, right. Right. Then I think we have a legalistic mindset, a legalistic issue going on that's happening. Yeah. And where, you know, where the balance of that comes in, 
you know, of what I see Paul saying. Uh, of course, these relationships, you know, consider this. He's already, uh, and we hit this hard, 1 Corinthians and into 2 Corinthians, he, he especially addresses this, that it's not about the people in the world. It's not about those that you're distancing yourself from that are not saved or brothers and sisters in Christ. I think it was chapter 8 in 1 Corinthians, chapter 7 or 8, right in there. Um, he, he talks about these are saved people within the body that are living a life that they know they're not supposed to be living. Mm-hmm. So when, when you're weighing that within your relationships, you have to understand that people who know better, right? To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, to him it is sin. The people that know better that are in the church um, and they are choosing to live a lifestyle that is contrary to the gospel, separate from those people. Absolutely, right? What they are doing is going to pull you down. It is a conscious decision that they are making and they know the truth, right? And so if you know the truth and you're denying the truth and you're continuing down that path, that's a super apostle. That's a person who is contrary to who Jesus is. It's never the people, though, that are in the world that you're having that conversation with. The people in the world, we shouldn't distance ourselves from them in proximity. We should distance ourselves from them in lifestyle. So we, we do engage with a coworker. We do walk side by side. Um, but we let them see the differences so that those differences lead them to who Jesus is. The gospel within, we are jars of clay. Paul talked about this the, the previous passage. Uh, and throughout this book, a part of reconciliation is we let the light shine through our brokenness, right? And so that doesn't require us, in fact, the opposite, to break off relationships with people in the world. It requires us to live differently than those in the world. And then living differently allows us to actually get to some form of substance within a relationship. We don't just go out together because we have things in common. We're going out because I, as a gospel-centered believer, know that I have to love them. I, as a gospel-centered believer, know that I have to show them something that's different, right? And so I don't go out with them because I like to play the same sports that they play or we like to go drink at the same bar. Like, that's not why I'm doing that. I'm being intentional about befriending and having a relationship with them because I want to show them that I love them in Jesus, right? So th- those are two totally different scenarios. And unfortunately, in, a, in, in times past, I have thought that Anything inside the church is a good relationship, is a positive relationship, and everything outside of the church is a negative relationship. Stay away from those in the world. That is not at all what Paul is saying. No, not at all. And, and you have to fight against that. Um, and that is where legalism comes in. And in fact, once again, this issue, especially chapter 11, you know, Paul is having, he is taking issue with those that are within the church, not those that are on the outside. So I think it's important, once again, to not, also just say and make this blanket statement that um you know you should have every relationship with someone outside of church that's not true either you know you need to be careful you have to guard your testimony you have to uh you know understand and and um think through things another passage from first corinthians right certain people don't understand certain people don't uh have a clue what these religious arguments are so you don't want to be a stumbling block either you know so it takes some uh, you know, I, I think I've used this term a couple times now in this conversation, but that relational equity, building up that friendship, that relationship to where you can tell people those differences. Um, but we're not doing anyone any favors that's outside that are outside of the church. 
um, just doing and mirroring and acting like exactly who they are and when in Rome. No, be different. Uh, show people that you can love them and accept who they are without approving of all of the things that they do and what their lifestyle is. That's important. That friction that Cody's talking about is important to the gospel and important for those folks to have a path to who Jesus is. For but sure. Anyway. And I think I think to bring maybe some more clarity to what I was saying, um, I I think I'm just that, trying to flush it out. <laughs> yeah, no, but just to put a kind of kind of a capstone on that, I think that just living a gospel-centered life doesn't mean that you create distance between yourself and others per se, but I think that a lot of times it means that people will distance themselves from you. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you've experienced that. Yeah, and I think we all have to a certain degree. Yep. Um, but it just, it happens. People, people make that choice. They do. They, they make that the choice because they're like, uh, this is weird or, uh, yeah. I'm not about that yeah. or, 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 you know, you used to be a whole lot more fun, you know, whatever. Um, but I, you know, it's, it's weird because you're like, gosh, this is frustrating. Like I'm trying to be better and I'm trying to grow and, and, and people that I used to be tight with are mm -hmm. no longer, they're no longer in my circle anymore. Right. And that's why the church is so valuable mm -hmm. is because we may lose a circle, but we gain a much larger circle, Yeah, which is beautiful. It is. Yeah. And that's the real family that continues, that mm -hmm. moves, moves on into eternity. Right. You know, and that's where I think <clears throat> prayer comes in, you know, the importance of prayer and the importance of, you know, when those lines uh, essentially separate, you know, and they go one way and you go another, it's like, that's that's really where the love comes in and when we're really praying and we're seeking the Lord to lead them back and and that's that's the beauty of it that's mm -hmm. the beauty of the great commission but yes uh, anyway there were there were just some some points I don't know if you want to get into any of it but it was just a, a very broad message <clears throat> on relationships and I think it's just it's vitally important that we get our relationships right if we're gonna make an impact for the gospel if we're gonna reconcile for sure these areas in our lives. Yeah, and I would say that's the biggest thing. Like, we have to look at our relationships not as what is convenient for us, what is good for us, but what, like, how can I navigate my relationships in a way that both allows me, and, and if you have a family, like, what is, <laughs> what is best for the spiritual and just overall development of my family? Yeah. And how can I, how can I cultivate my relationships in a way that benefit the Great Commission, mm. you know? Yep, absolutely. It's, it's good stuff. Yeah, man. Love it. I dig it. Yeah. And uh, and you talked uh, briefly about uh, you have this uh, Jesus definition of friends, friendship. You said he was obeying his father's commands and stated that if his disciples worked the commands that he was doing, they would remain in love. And you talked about how Jesus, like the, the way that um, Jesus expressed, or I'm sorry, was it? I'm losing my train of thought here. Um, you you talked about how the love that was expressed through Jesus was not something that, from what he was saying, was originated from him, but originated from the Father, and he right. just allowed that to channel through him to others. And yeah. that's the difference between you know those two. Uh, you you had mentioned the you know the Greek words uh, phileo or philia is, is what it manifests in our language mm -hmm. a lot yep. uh, in words like pedophilia. You know not. Not quite the term that we're going for here. Why but couldn't we just say Philadelphia? Phil well, brotherly love. Huh? <laughs> is that what pull? that means? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a Phileo. I don't know. I'm just, either way, that's where, that word is used in, in different concepts. City concept. of brotherly love. Yeah. But, it's a type in, of love. But instead we went to pedophilia. <laughs> yeah. Jesus says, no, I don't love you like a pedophile. No. Yeah, no. I love. <laughs> Jeez. Way to go. How about we just cut that whole thing oh, right man. there? Yeah. Anyway, you go, but, but it's just a different, it's a different kind of love. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think that this passage of scripture, you know, John 15, he he ties that love in with friendship in such a way that I, I, I just want I want people to see it for for Jesus's take on friendship from this perspective, because uh, go back and read it and, and go listen to the message, you know, where I really, uh, you know, dig in and open up this passage. But it's not transactional. It's absolutely not transactional. These relationships, you know, that Jesus wants us to foster with brothers and sisters in Christ are no longer master and servant relationships. And and that's where he really blows the top off of it. And he's like, look, if this was a master and servant kind of relationship, then you would just be doing what you're told. And it's all wrapped in the same language that Jesus is saying, obey the commandments of the Father. And that's how we remain in love and how we remain in friendship with each other. And it seems like an oxymoron. It does. But it's not. Right. And that's where... He says it's not an oxymoron because we are doing all of these things. We are keeping his commandments because we know the whole story. We know Jesus pulled the curtain back and they didn't know it at the time. Right. Um, But when the church, you know, came into its fullness with the Holy Ghost and, you know, when they are commissioned to spread the gospel to the world and to spread the good news, the good news is just this. We absolutely know the story. We, we know the behind-the-scenes workings. And Jesus said, that's friendship. Friendship is when you know the details, and I know the details, and there's nothing hidden. And, and we literally are cooperating together and working this plan together. We're friends. We're, this is no longer a master-servant. And, and Jesus portrayed that. Why? Because he left heaven. He left his kingship and became a servant. Uh, and he did that for us to bring us into it as sons and daughters. And so that's that multi-layered, multi-faceted relationship that we have. And so when you think about the implications of what Jesus calls friendship, uh, that is how we build friendships. We pull back the curtain. We are honest. We air the things that sometimes we in our culture and in our relationships now, especially as uh, Westerners, would want to conceal. Don't tell them that. Don't share that with them. Don't say that to them. Don't let them know that's how I feel. That's master servant. You're, you're trying to get something from them or get something out of that relationship without them knowing the whole picture. That's manipulation. So uh, Jesus says, no, th- this type of love that we're going to remain in, we're going to remain in it as friends. Why? Because uh, I-, I am now on your level. You know the story. You know all of this. So when we think about all the implications of that that are in the gospel, that is how we should build our relationships. We should be open and honest with one another. We shouldn't hide things. And we should participate and obey and do for one another out of our knowledge of each other. That, that's what everybody wants. Everybody just wants to feel and be known. They, they just want to be understood. And, and Jesus says, look, if you know anything, you know me. And if you know me, you know the Father. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Our heart's desire is to be known and fully known by him. And that's the heartbeat of friendship, which is what? The heartbeat of love, John 15 says. That's how we remain in love. So we could be doing relationships in a lot healthier of, of a way. For sure. So anyway, I just love, go read that passage in John 15. It's incredible. It's it's life-changing, life-shaping, and it's something that we all should adapt into our relationships. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I agree so much. Good. So good. Good stuff. It was it was a great 
It was a great week. I've, I got a lot of feedback from this message, th- from this message more than any, and I thought that was interesting. But I think it's it's no surprise because we life is relationships, mm-hmm. and you know it is something that we we all struggle with. Yeah, and we could all take some notes from Moses, from Jesus, from everybody that we walk through. So yeah. good stuff. It's very interesting. And looking at it from uh, you brought up Exodus thirty three, where Moses is meeting face to face with Yahweh in the tent. And here we have in John 15, the apostles are face to face with Yahweh in the flesh. Yeah. You know, and it's just, uh, it's neat how you look at these little things and you kind of look at the, you know, Exodus 33, it was one guy. And then of course, Joshua. Um, But, (laughs) you know, one guy and now progressing the story of Jesus, you have all these guys that are surrounding him. And now all of us, you know, all Jesus followers have a, you know, we can have a, a face to face relationship with Yahweh, so to say. Yeah. It's interesting. Well, it's neat to see the progression too. Like, you're, and I'm not a Hebrew scholar, but one is as a friend, and the other he calls them friends. Mm-hmm. You right. know, it's it's that idea of what what this gospel and good news. <laughs> it's a allows. fuller reality and yep. a more a, a more the manifestation together, of yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's wonderful, and it's the exact same thing that Paul talked about, where we had uh, forward thinking. You know, talking about the law versus versus grace, the old covenant versus the new covenant, and it's incredible what we have access to for our relationships. We just need to access it. We need to take advantage of it and, yep. and utilize that. Mm. Well, I hope that this has been just as much for you as it has been for us. Just a nice reset button yeah. of how we look at relationships and friends and, and all these other things. And yeah, know. listen to the message. I'd love your feedback. Either send me a message here on Facebook, comment, whatever. Yeah, um, give you us know, your feedback. Yeah, I'd, I'd, lo- I'd love to hear what you're thinking. And uh, if not, you're a sorry carcass. Just kidding. <laughs> yep, sorry carcasses. Yeah. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. Yeah, thank you, sorry carcasses, for hanging out with us. And uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Have a good God one. God bless, do less. Are you tired? I am. Gosh, dude, you like crap. Thanks so much for tuning in for this conversation on the Bethlehem Church Podcast. We hope it was a blessing to you. If you want to know more about us, feel free to check out our website at BethlehemChurch.cc. And also, in every conversation we publish, you'll find our sermon notes in the description, and we hope that you'll study these topics further. We'll see you next time.